This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. Okay, switch. Let me back now. Oh, he's played a loose pass. And Sakaja will get there. Oh, Blackman's come right out of the area and flattered. Sakaja. And it's gone free. And the keeper's way out of the area. And it's a goal for Palace. What a great finish. Live interviews. To an Arden football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys and we'd lost a, a, a you know, big name, big players for us, Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? You know what I mean? Expert analysis. A surprise draw at the end there, Mark. A surprise to no one more than me. Completely didn't realise we'd scored a second goal. Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 Good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is John Burgess. I'm standing in for the, uh, well, the usually ever-present Chris Hambling tonight. And I'm joined by Joe Hollyoak and Alex White. Good evening, Hello. chaps. Evening, Hello, Jonathan. Mate. Wonderful. Um, so just a quick reminder to you guys listening out there, you can listen uh, by using the TuneIn Radio app. Uh, just go onto TuneIn Radio and search for Hull Radio, uh, and you can get in touch with us on 0203 4755 You can email us, radio at homesdale.net. Uh, you can look at our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Hull Radio, or tweet us, Twitter dot com forward slash our radio uh, no end to the the ways you can get in touch uh guys how are we doing good yeah yeah you know it's, it's it's been an interesting week uh we're getting to the ready for the uh the very very hectic christmas schedule and um yeah unfortunately i, I missed yesterday's game in its entirety so uh, it's going to make today's uh yes yeah, today's match review quite interesting joe how's how's the week gone for you since the the blackpool game yeah, it's gone all right, mate. Um, I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't go to Birmingham yesterday. I've only seen very limited goal footage. And uh, so we'll just leave it to Alex. And if he messes it all up, then we can give Sack him a kick him in next for week. being unloyal. Dis- we'll just disloyal. give him a kick in, really. <laughs> next week, at the uh, at, at, when we all manage to see what we all look like. You'll be Absolutely. a surprise, Joe. Yeah, Alex <laughs> is actually about seven foot tall and built like a tank. Um, no, he's not. Um, anyway, so this is our last show before the uh, 
the uh, as Joe mentioned there, the Christmas show, which we're going to bring to you next week, which should be one not to miss, I've got to tell you guys. Um, but before that, we're just going to have a look at news in brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Palace is under 18 sides, saw their youth cup dreams in for another season when they went down to a 2 0 to a well organised Port Bell side. Even with development regulars Reese Ralasani and Oren Boating in the side, the Eagles couldn't break down a tight back four despite enjoying much of the possession through the 90 minutes. Port Vale will now play Everton in the fourth round. Steve Parrish says here manager in Holloway will be doing everything they can to bring in at least a couple of new players in the January transfer window coming up. Parrish said, we've been fortunate with injuries so far but I feel we could do with a couple of players to cover in certain positions. Some options maybe. You can hear more from Parrish as he joins us on our Christmas show next Sunday. And in other news, and most importantly, Adrian Durham and Steve Claridge may or may not be gigantic tits. That was in Brave. Zahar looking like Alice's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow, today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Sellers Park in the Under-21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alessandri. Alessandri now at half Live commentary from all home development games, only on Homesdale Radio. Well, a very interesting news in brief there. It was very, very brief today, actually. But um, anyway, up to more important matters. Uh, we're going to have a look at the Blackburn, uh, Blackburn, Birmingham City game from yesterday. Obviously, we were away up at uh, St Andrews Stadium. Um, it was a two-all draw, basically. Half-time, we were 1-0 up. Glenn Murray scored just before half-time. I think it was good work from Yannick Bassi to set him up for that one. And uh, then the second half is really where it all happened. Um, uh, it was finished 2-2, we were 2-0 up and somehow we've managed to let another another lead slip. Um, Alex, and we're joined by Alex Penge as well. Good evening, Alex. Good evening. Oh, hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> scared, scared the life out of me then. Uh, you, got, you guys were both there. I mean, yeah. Jell and I, we uh, unfortunately missed it. I missed all sorts of commentary <laughs> on it yesterday. So, um, yeah, I'm coming into this absolutely fresh. So, Alex, what did you think of it? Alex, Alex P. <laughs> um, well, I think we started very well. I think there was, as you mentioned uh, earlier, about Balassi having a lot of a lot of freedom on the wings, and uh, I think Wilf had a good first half. Uh, I know a lot of people were, you know, coming out on the on the on the BBS and and Homes.net, you know, criticising his recent performances. But I think he he did all right in the first half. I think um, Garvin and uh, um, KG looked solid in the middle. Um, and we started very well. I just think we just sort of faded in the second half, and you know they were deadly from free from set pieces and uh, and you know from corners and free kicks. Um, and you know we just sort of run out of gas at the at the end of the game. Really, I mean, you said there uh, that we were solid in the middle, and that was one of the things we were looking at because obviously mm. we were missing Jedinak, and yeah. he's really been the steel of our side this season. Yeah, and um, Garvin moved back. I, I take it next to sort of KG yeah. with Moritz playing slightly ahead of him. How solid was Garvin? I think Garvin. You know, we all know how great his passing is and his, his set pieces and his positioning. Um, but you know, I think they 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 started very well together, especially the first half. I think in the second half, I think fitness did set in, and you know, I think 
Garvin and Keiji did, you know, make one or two misplaced passes, and we really did miss Jednak's sort of steel and and his vigor in the middle of the park because you know he's been our, one of our best players this season, and you know he's when when he doesn't click, we don't click as a team, I think. Absolutely, Joe. You got a question? Yeah, no, just to just to uh, the other Alex. Um, all I've heard about on, or read about on the forums is that they should have had, or Birmingham should have had a couple of penalties. I mean, how blatant were they? There, there was one which was uh, it was up the other end. Uh, I think it was Joel Ward who looked like he stuck a foot out. The referee blew the whistle and pointed to the spot, uh, and then I couldn't see what happened. But then it ultimately became our free kick. So I don't know if the linesman had a say in what happened and then put the player for diving. But it looked it looked an absolute stonewall from our end. That was first half, maybe twenty minutes in, something like that. Okay, so very early in the game when it was still nil-nil, so really the, the game could have pin, uh, you know hinged on that decision. Well, we could have been we could have been three nil up in the first ten minutes. In all honesty, John. Really, see, that, that's interesting because a lot of the reports I've read said that actually Birmingham started pretty well first twenty minutes. They did all right, and then we sort of really took over the first half at that point. So if we could have been that far up, what was the mm. reason we weren't? Was it poor finishing or? It, it came down to poor finishing. Balassi had a couple of chances. We weren't that final ball was our problem. And mm. if we if we didn't go in one nil up, I I would have feared for us losing because the amount of chances we actually had. Although it may say we had one shot on target or whatever it says, but we the first twenty minutes we could have we could have been three nil up in all mm. honesty. No, I agree. I agree. We got into so many good positions, especially in the first half, and we just needed that final ball to Murray. I think Murray. Oh, no, though he scored two goals, he was really deprived of service yesterday, and um, you know it just shows what what a great great striker we've got on our hands. You know he's he sometimes in games he, you 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 don't even notice he's there, but he puts away puts away two goals yesterday, and you know very impressed. But yeah, I, I agreed. We really did miss that final ball uh, yesterday. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys who were there. I mean, it's been mm. interesting for me the last few weeks, especially since the manager change and everything like that, and. Uh, yeah. The, the focus has all been on Wilf. And to, to be honest, I think his performances haven't been as solid since mm. then. Uh, I can't speculate one way or the other why that is. But Balassi really seems to have stepped up to the plate yeah. since then. But I, I get the feeling the sort of the partnership isn't working as well as it was between Zahar and Balassi, maybe because Zahar's not, not as confident mm. as he was. But could that be a reason why Murray's maybe you know, st- starved of that service, as you said yesterday? Possibly, I think you know. I think Wilf and uh, Balassi are not switching sides as much as they did under under Friedman. I think under Holloway, I think Holloway wants just a solid, um, you know, consistent front three. Um, you know, there's more emphasis now on trying to pump the balls to the wingers, um, and I think Balassi sort of settled now on, on the on the right hand side. Um, and in a way, I think it, that that's what suited Wilf. You know, under Friedman, the with you know being able to to switch sides whenever whenever he was, you know, not when he was struggling against his fullback. And I think now Blassie's settled in and he's, you know, looks like one of our best players of, of, of late. Um, I don't see there's any need of swapping him over, really. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a big concern over Zaha's form recently because, you know, it hasn't been as great as it was in the first, uh, you know, couple of weeks of the season. But we've got, we got, we got to put things into perspective. You know, he's only 20 years old. This is probably his first... Proper full season. I think last season that he he had spells where he'd be in the he'd be in the first team and then he'd be on the bench again and then we bring him on at half time. This season he started every game 
Um, and so it's tough, especially the England call-up as well, and a lot of recognition on his head at the moment. So, you know, we can't expect a lot from him. And, you know, I'm guessing all these transfer rumours are really, you know, really affecting him at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the... the sorry, Alex, I was going to let you go next. But mm. um, just while we're on the topic of, of Wilf, I mean, they're... The, the club have said that he's not going anywhere. And mm. I, to be honest, I firmly believe that. If the club's come out and said that, then that's the case. But do you think that maybe we need to look at getting in another winger in the you know in the January transfer window? If not just to add a bit more yeah. competition for the places, but we can. I think we're relying too heavily on Wilf right now. Yes, certainly. I think um, another winger will really help the squad. You know, if you look at the, the, the team and if we lose Balassi or Wolf, you know, we are quite short in the wide areas. I know people mentioned they could bring Williams into the team, but it doesn't really suit the style of play that we're playing under Holloway. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we do rely on, you know, on the break, uh, you know, attacking from, on the break and on our counter-attacks. So I, I, I fully expect uh, Holloway to bring somebody, somebody in, somebody in that, the you know, Wilf or Balassi ilk, like, quick, strong, pacey winger. And, you know, I think Zaha, when that winger does come in, then I was likely to see Zaha maybe coming off after, you know, 70 or 80 minutes rather than, you know, playing the full game. Yeah, on on Zaha, the kid was called uh, offside four times in the first half and I have never seen that. I've never seen him called offside four mm. times. The kid? The kid? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's older than he's me. 20. But <laughs> in relation to you lot. Anyway, uh, Ward and Balassi, I think, they're staying on their side because they have a really, really good partnership. Yesterday, they connected so well together. Ward on the overlap was absolutely fantastic. But I think if you go to the other side, I think Johnny Parr was one of our best players yesterday. But there was times where both of them, they looked at each other and didn't pass it to each other. So I, I wouldn't know if there's something going on between those two because they both had opportunities to pass to each other to set up a great opportunity for the team and they didn't. Well, I think, to be honest, again, as I say, I think, Johnny Parr, for me, has been one of the players of the season, a real unsung hero for us, because he's really like nailed down that left back position and done so much going forward. But I think Wilf at the moment is he is struggling and he's trying to find that confidence. I think he's trying too hard to maybe show that he can still beat his man and he's got the skill to be, to be going past people as easily as he was at the start of the season. I think that's part of the problem um, that maybe. He's been criticised instead of just playing a simple pass, which would actually unlock a defence, trying mm. to do it all himself. And I think the, 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 all the while his, uh, his confidence is low, I think that's only going to get, get worse, to be honest. Joe, you yeah. had a point to make on Wilf. Yeah, I'll just, I just... I've said it before, I mean, but what I just want to pick up on something you just said about get another player in so we can have... You know, we'll bring him off after 70 or 80 minutes... I mean, his job is he's a winger. I mean, he's not going to get the ball all the time, you know, the whole game. Now we've got someone else that's taking the pressure off him. Like I've said before, last year it was literally all about him. When when, when he was marked out of the game, kicked out of the game, um, then then we, we really struggled. Now we've got a player who's, who is showing huge promise on the other side, taking all the pressure off him. I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, it's this... I'd say slump, but he, I mean, he, he, when I saw him last week, mm-hmm. I thought he was incredibly average and getting caught offside um, in silly positions. You know, he was actually standing still. He wasn't even making runs. For three, I think we got caught four or five times in the first half, and four of them were him, but, but they weren't running. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. where he, someone had put a ball through him, Jedinek, or whatever, they'd put a ball through. He was actually standing there looking along the line. I don't think well, his concentration is is uh, is everything it should be, and, and this is the other thing as well. 
you've almost answered your own question, the two of you, by saying this before I've got a chance to mention it. You're saying that if we had another player, would you take him off? Well, then you would. And in my in my opinion, I don't think he'd have played as long as he has done in the last three games had we had another player that could come on and take his place. Mm. Uh, I think the, the way his mm. performances have been, I'd like to have seen us in a position mm. where if we still had someone like, okay, I'm, I'm not trying to say necessarily him, but someone like a Sean Scannell who can play in that position or we had mm. Cadogan before who can play in that position, where actually maybe we gave Will for rest for a game. He didn't start. He came on as an impact stuff for a couple of games. You know, no one in our team is undroppable. John, and, um, he's 20 years old, mate. He's 20 years old. He's a professional footballer. We can't be thinking, we can't have this mentality like these, like these glamorised profe- uh, premiership players that, you know, they, they played too many games. We, we don't do cup, you know, we don't do massive cup runs. Once every five or six years, where well, they might play 50, 55 games. You know, if they were like Chelsea playing where we needed rotation, they're playing in, they're going to go a long way in the, in the whatever the, the Milk Cup is called these days, the FA Cup, the Champions League, they're going to be playing out. And then this World Club Cup, whatever they're playing in, yeah, then we yeah. could expect to rotate players. But he's 20 years old. No, no, it, you, you, you're missing the point hmm. of what, 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 was, what I was trying to say. Wasn't to, you know, to preserve him, was more to say, look, you're not undroppable and here's someone else who's going to get it going in front of you. You've got to, earn, you've got to keep earning your place in the side. Well, we it have got more... that, haven't we, with Belassi? We, we, we really have got that. And then if yeah, we but, put... but he's on one side, but we haven't got anyone on to, to replace Sahar with him. <coughs> well, well, well we have. Johnny, Johnny Parr really could fit in as a left midfielder. I saw him as a left midfielder the very first game that he played for Palace. I think he scored in the very first game or set up a goal in the very mm. first game last year that he played for Palace because we could have Moxie at the back. I mean, that's... Anyway. It, Anyway, let's be a bit fair. Let's be fair to Wilf. He did get an assist yesterday, and you know, he did look a threat on occasions. I, I think he had a better game than he did uh, last week at, at home. Um, I think you know, he, he's it's not it's not all doom and gloom at the moment. I think he's playing. He's he's showing signs of improvement, but not not as much as we we hope, really. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, right now, he he is pinning, he's part of what we are, and he is what we are, and he you know, by Zaha being there. He, saves a lot you know he creates a lot of space mm. for the rest of the side and um, yeah maybe we do expect too much of him and it's not all doom and gloom he's still a fantastic player he's just not having the same impact as necessarily was at the start of the season you know that could be down to you know teams wising up about him to be quite honest and you know analysing what he does for me seeing week in week out you kind of get a sense of what he's going to do now he's often going to cut inside and you know try, try and take on a man or you can tell when he's going to go outside but yeah I, th- I just think if we had the option to, to to put someone else in there and say you know you, you know you, basically we've got another option then he's going to improve his game measurably yeah I'm, I, 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 I agree I agree with what you're saying but you know, on the other side of it, unless he's injured, I think you know that we've we've got this young team. Unless they generally are injured, then they should be playing every week, every minute. I mean, it's an hour and a half. You know, um, I don't think, from what I've heard, I'd like to hear different um, that the that the training and fitness regime is as tough under Ian Holloway as it as it was under Dougie Friedman. Um, you know, until until stuff comes out or we're told that it's different, then mm. I, I don't know. But it just seems to be a little bit of a spark missing from from what I've seen. I don't. I really don't know. Maybe there's there's something going on. You know, I, I really don't. 
Well, I mean, Parish and Holloway have come out in the press and said, you know, all this sort of transfer talk is sort of getting to him. And it will do, and it will affect his performance a little bit. But for me, that just highlights the, the reason why he shouldn't be leaving right now, which is he's, he's not ready to make that step up and be a Premier League permanent fixture yet in like a side you know, where he will end up at. He, you know, he still is learning his trade here. And we do forget that he's only 20 years old and he's got, you know, all the national papers watching every move he makes. So, um, you know, it's, it's a tough situation for him, but it's one he's going to have to overcome and it'll make him stronger at the end of it. Yeah, we've had, we've had a doubt. We've had, we've had a doubt. Um, anyway, so moving on to things other than Wilf Sahar, um, mm. KG took over the captain's armband yesterday, obviously instead of Jedinak, who's obviously instead of um, Paddy McCarthy. How did KG respond to the you know captaincy yesterday? Uh, I think he I think he played well. I think he you know, put in a lot of good challenges, and he really did take control of the team. Uh, you know, well, especially in the first half. I think the second half, you know, I think it was a little bit. Uh, uh, bad fitness was settling in. I think he was really struggling to um, to keep up with the, with the uh, pace of the game. I think there's a lot of misplaced passes, um, and he sort of missed that that partner in the middle. You know, because he's so used to playing with Jednak this season, and uh, you know they've cemented a great partnership together. That I think he sort of did miss him uh, on occasions in the second half, and you know they were getting a, a bit out muscled, especially from set pieces. Um, you know. I think you know both of their goals uh, came from you know two monsters. You could say you know you've got Ziggich, who's almost seven foot seven feet tall. You've got uh, Bupa Diop, who's nicknamed the Wardrobe at Fulham's. What do you expect? You're going to expect some some good set pieces from Birmingham, and they and they really did do that, and they they were really strong, especially in in the middle of the park. Absolutely. I mean, clearly our weakness then was against aerial threats. Yeah. Um, but Alex, you you had a view on that. Alex White. Sorry, hey, Alex. sorry, I'm back. Sorry. Uh, in terms of leadership, I think we actually missed. I think we missed organisation uh, in the middle. Uh, I think there's nothing against KG. I think he's a fantastic player, but I just don't think he was suited for that role. Um, and it's, I think if Jednak had played that game, I think we would have held out, and I think we would have won because I think he could have dealt with that aerial threat that. That perhaps uh, Zigic had and Papa Boopa Diop, you saw from from their second goal, that was actually KG marking uh, marking Papa Boopa Diop, and that's perhaps why he got away and scored. Now there, there's a thread on this on the Homestead, which I, I have responded to already today, which was um, highlighting Spironi's maybe um, his weakness is you know balls coming uh, into the box. Now, I mean, for, from the highlights that I saw, it didn't look as if he really could do anything about either of those goals yesterday. They seemed far enough out towards the edge of the box where it seemed to be just our poor defending. Maybe you guys can throw some light on that. Oh, absolutely not. I don't think you can expect Jules to be running to you know pass the penalty spot. I don't, I don't think he's that type of keeper and I don't think he has that presence. But I, I don't think you might find many keepers that do that at all. No, I mean, I you say for me, it looked it looked a little bit far out for him to be doing anything about. But you know, we got to remember that Ramage and Delaney aren't really small guys, and they should maybe be doing a bit better than they are against you know some of these aerial threats. I mean, Joel Ward is bigger than Client was, so he needs to take some of that on board as well. And yes, Jedinak's a big, you know, he's he's a big guy, and um, 
you know, he he would normally do a lot of our defensive work, like heading in the box and things like that. But you know, we we should be robust enough as a team to be able to deal with someone who's just a bit tall. But uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Well, yeah, but when you when you're talking about that Ziggich, I mean, he's just he's like a crouch, isn't he? Just if if he, if he jumps in the air and gets a run like he did, there's no one unless you're the same size as him. Or you're extremely brilliant in the air. You're not going to get anywhere near him. I mean, like I say that that was almost he lost his man and and scored a, a great header. Had it been the other way round, you know, we'd have been saying, "Oh yeah, brilliant goal. It was a good goal." Um, and it was his first touch. Yeah, but the thing is, he's well, what, he's six seven, and he's six seven, six eight. If he jumps up in the air, you're not going to out jump him as a six foot one player. You're not going to out jump a six foot eight or six six foot seven. Uh, you know, when he's got a run on you as well. And the other no, thing, no, but is, the well, more were, worrying thing is that a six-foot-eight man managed to lose his marker. And you said it there. I mean, how did he lose his marker? He's an enormous lump to be lost in by two centre-backs. Yeah, but he's skinny, though, isn't he? He's not, he's not, he's not you know. But anyway, he did what he did. And, and I agree with, with, uh, with Alex White about um, it was KG, having watched it a few times um, just before we come on. Definitely, definitely his fault. Not that I think he would have got near him, but he could have, you know, he could have done something about about Papa Boopa Diop's uh, edda, whatever he's called. Well, I think the, Jeff- the most the most disappointing thing about Diop's goal was that it was from a set piece, and you know you, you're set up to deal with it. You know who they've got, and you know who should be dealing with it. And the fact that no one even really got close to dealing with that was was disappointing mm-hmm. when you know the ball's going to come in. You know, it's not like it was in free play where the ball comes in. The Ziggich, you know, he did move. He did lose his man. But there, there was no reason he hadn't lost his man. He just got outdone, really, didn't he? The, the problem I had with uh, Ziggich's goal is that when, when you saw Ziggich come on, Ramage, his whole game changed because he did not get even remotely close to Ziggich for the rest of that half while... While Ziggich was on, I'm not just saying the goal, but I'm saying the whole half, he gave him room. He might be bigger than him, but you don't let him get off the floor that high. Then you, you try and stop him as much as you can. You have, to have, you have Paddy McCarthy in that position. Would Ziggich be getting that far away from you and be getting Yeah, off the Paddy floor would have like ripped that? his shirt off his back and give away a penalty. I'm only joking, by the way. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, though. I think, I think Paddy McCarthy would have probably done a better, you know, a better job than that. But having said that, Ramage has shown that he's, he's very reliable in, you know, in other facets of the game this season. We can't yeah, win I, every header. We can't win every header. We haven't got the best defenders. In it, This is what I was trying to I'm say not, earlier. We haven't got the best squad. You know, but, but we're, what we're doing, we're overachieving because everything's going OK. You know, we yeah, what we did you guys think? Of, we would have lost yeah, that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. What did you guys think of the substitution as well? Because um, it was a bit strange taking off. I know Moritz doesn't last a full game, and he tends to come off after about 60, 70 minutes. But bringing on Gabadon did leave a big, leave us a bit exposed in the middle of the park. And we did. I know he did try and bring in height uh, for set pieces and stuff like that. But it, it, it that did give him sort of the upper hand, I think. It was it was to deal with Ziggich, wasn't it? He brought he yeah. saw Ziggich came on. He goes, all right, we'll stick Gabadon in defensive midfield, and that's probably one of the last things I would have expected from Ian Holloway was to bring on a centre half in defensive midfield with 15 minutes to go. I yeah. I'd always known him as a you know an attack-minded manager, but you know I I understand what he was trying to do because we missed that physical presence in Jedinak, but I think that's the wrong substitution to make. Absolutely, I mean, um, was Darcy Blake? He was on the bench, was he? 
No, no, he wasn't. No, on he, wasn't. he wasn't on the bench because usually I think he would have probably come on in that defensive midfield. He has played defensive midfield before. Yeah, obviously. I think he went for height though more than more than anything, which Blake doesn't have, obviously. No, but I don't know. But Gabidon is he hasn't played any really this season, has he? And even when he's played in the under twenty ones games, I've not been that convinced by him. So, like I say, I think it was a bizarre decision and one that I don't necessarily, uh, I didn't expect from Ian Holloway. But, um, Joe, you you want to mention about the midfield? Yeah, I mean, listen, this is the other thing as well. We were winning 2-0 with 10 minutes to go. I mean, you know, it just, they made a tactical decision which paid off for them. But let's just, you know, we had 80 minutes where our midfield was holding. I mean, and if I can turn that round on its head again and and just say this then, that if Jedinak doesn't play, then we, you know, people are saying that we do look a little bit lightweight. Well, KG, when he goes to the African Cup of Nations, mm. it basically takes our centre, you know, and if, if Jedi, Jedi gets injured or he gets, you know, sent off, suspended or whatever, um, then that basically takes the middle of our midfield out. Now, this is just yesterday, this is the other thing, uh, what I meant to say is, was O'Keefe, was he a substitute? I've not, I've, I've yeah, not been a very was, bad yeah. person. Now, yeah. why couldn't he have stuck that in there? Because, listen, you don't matter how, much, how big you are, if you're going to get smashed up in the air, mm. you know, O'Keefe seems to be your man. I'm a little bit despondent that he's being left out. When, you know, the centre midfield comes off, we've got, a centre, we've got a proper centre midfield player, not some big centre-back who's going to come in and, and play as a... We've had all that, and we at the beginning of the season we have a right, you know, a centre back playing right back, and then a right back playing left back, and we we can't do all that. We've we've got the players to cover the positions. And like like Alex said, you know, I'm, he's a little bit confused as to why we brought a defender in to play defensive midfield when we actually we literally did have a defensive attacking, but a ball attacking player in O'Keefe. I'm a little bit um I'm a little bit what's name about that because, you know, sooner or later. If we don't give him a chance, we he, 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 we need him to stay. We need the youth to stay. You know. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's two points to make on that. Really, one is I personally I thought O'Keefe should have started the game. You know, um, I would have said if you still have a, a choice between Garvin and Moritz in that attacking role, I would have put I would have put O'Keefe in from the start. And I agree that you know I don't know why he's not being selected at the moment, but all the times that I've seen him play, I've been so impressed with the young man. You know, come from South End, didn't he? And um, I, I, all I can imagine is that he's gone with Gabadon through experience over mm. O'Keefe. Yeah, but how many, how many games has he played? How many games has Gabadon played, John, to come back? Has, has he been playing for as one of the over over age twenty one yeah, players? Yes, yes. And has he been doing that? Because obviously, I've not been to any of those. Well, in I the mean, last he, he's weeks. he's not been. The ones that I've seen, he's he's not been like world class and thing. That's not what we expected from him. But you know what? He's looked pretty solid in there, and he's a guy who played did play quite a few games last season in the Premier League. And so, I I can kind of understand where Holloway's coming. If he had to choose one of them to bring on in that situation, I think I would agree with Gabidon. But in terms of starting, I still think O'Keefe should have started that game, and then maybe you could replace O'Keefe with Gabidon later on. Yeah, I suppose a little show of faith goes a long way, really. When you, you know, playing with uh, playing in the kids' games or the reserve games all the time. Well, that's it, and you know, a lot of us, you know, can only speculate, really. But Gabadon came probably to be alongside Lenny Lawrence again because he was formerly manager of him at Cardiff, was it? And um, 
you know, so he, he hasn't really had a look in. But then again, he was O'Keefe, and let's say I would have started him because I think O'Keefe's the future of our of our, of our midfield, to be honest, because um, he seems like an outstanding young player to me. But anyway, onwards and upwards. Um, so we're going to have a look quickly at what Ian Holloway had to say after the game. He spoke to uh, BBC Sport and said, the last time I was here, we were tuning up and looked as if we were cruising and it ended 2-2. It felt strangely strange. You have to give Birmingham credit, but we made one or two mistakes after they sent on Ziggic and we looked a little vulnerable. All in all, I still thought it was a very good performance and I'm probably disappointed with Birmingham's second goal as it was a free header from a corner. But the defining moment for me occurred when we had a breakaway before scoring the second goal. Andre Moritz hardly ever misses in situations like that. But the- When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ball went over, but give Birmingham full credit. Lee Clark's teams hardly give up. Uh, they're not having it easy and the season has not gone their way. Um, interesting, we haven't mentioned about that Andre Moritz miss. Um, mm. Alex Penge, you were there. What yeah. was the situation behind that miss? Uh, well, that was a great build-up play before that, I think. Um, there was about five or six passes. I think it came in from the left-hand side again. Um, and it was just a simple finish, really, and just lacked composure. Um, uh, maybe, you know, if he was if it was further on into the season and Moritz had been, you know, had a run of games, then maybe he would have put that away. But if that went in, we would have certainly won the game and it would have been three points. So we'll be, we'll be top of the league at the moment. And Alex White, do you agree with that or...? Uh, he went around the keeper, um, and then you would have thought a simple finish from there. It was uh, out far on on the right side of the of the six yard box, and mm. you would have put your ha- you would have put your house there on on Moritz to have scored that. But I'm mystified how he missed. It must have just been a rush of blood to his head or something. Absolutely, I mean a bit a bizarre one because he's looked so reliable this season, and. Definitely looks like he knows where the goal is. Um, but yeah, as I say, a shame. But it seems to me like in the last few games, we've had quite a lot of opportunities that we have missed like that. And I think we are beginning to pay the price for that, which has uh, long been one of our failings, in my opinion. But yeah, never mind. Anyway, Alex, you wanted to make another point. Yeah, do you think that point that you just made there comes through a reliance on Murray, though? Do you not think maybe if we'd had someone else that's chipping in with goals, then perhaps we we would have won these two games well i don't know it's hard to, it's hard to say we don't have other people scoring goals yes murray scored 20 goals but you got to look at people like kg have scored uh, kg scored four goals balassi scored the season zahar's on four or five goals i think now this season garvin's Marit- got a couple hasn't he? three yeah garvin's got a few moritz has got a couple jedanak has got one we've had the center backs chipping in with goals so i don't think it's really a reliance on murray no i think murray's really getting the benefit of having two really good wide men you know, and giving him good service all the time. But I wouldn't say it's that we 
become too reliant on him. But you um, look at the last two. You look at the last two games, and you know he scored three of the last four. Do you, do you not think that though? Do you not think that perhaps if well Zaha hasn't scored since what Burnley at home, and Balassi's only got one. The, and Holloway's pointed it out that he wants more goals from his wingers and more assists from his wingers as well. Well, of course he does. I mean, of course he does. I mean, at the moment, we've the last couple of games we've been missing. Um, well, we were missing Murray a few games ago, weren't we, mm. um, for a match, and that created all kinds of problems for our side. And then we missed Jednak today, and those two real linchpins in the side. And I think, to be honest, the, the longer Ian Holloway's here, I think we'll see the we'll see the wide men getting more and more involved um, and attacking the goal a bit more. Yeah. Uh, what, what about Matt Phillips? Is he still still at Blackpool? Because I, I heard that he's he didn't start against. Um against us a couple of weeks uh, ago. He, he was injured against us, I believe, which is why he didn't okay. start he'd be, he'd, he'd be the perfect player for, for that, that role, I think. You know, he does score a lot of goals and he does cut in on, on his right foot uh, from the wings. You know, he, he, that's a player we could probably, I'm sure, probably be linked with in January if he's, if he's not been starting recently. I think the with that, I think the reason he's not starting is that he is injured. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. So it's not just that one game, fair enough. No, he's actually been linked with Southampton and Swansea for five oh, right. and a half million pounds. No chance, no chance. So, yeah, I'm not sure how much involvement we'll have. And yeah, hearing the things from uh, Blackpool fans about Kyle Oyston, um, I'd imagine that they'll probably be off in January. Uh, him and Tom Ince, obviously. He was incredible. Like, incredible young player. But anyway, we're going to sort of try and round up this game. Um, I mean, guys, you were there. Alex... W, you you come in first with your roundup. Uh, started brightly, should have been a couple up, could have had the game done and dusted within the first half hour, but missed opportunities and then we caved in at the end. Really, we missed leadership, we missed presence in midfield. Garvin and Part yet again from a very similar thing that happened against Blackpool, where they faffed about with it and then Garvin Garvin mucked it up. When you got Zahar on that wing. Not the ball over the top. If he loses, it goes for throw or a goal kick. It doesn't matter. You're not conceding a corner from it, and then, and then, and then losing a goal because that gave away the game. That gave away the game in the end of the day. Yes, and Alex P. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we were bright in the first sort of two thirds of the game. Uh, we sort of certainly lacked presence, uh, especially in the central areas. And you know, we were just about done by two set pieces by two monsters. You know. So it's almost seven foot striker and a and a massive central midfielder. So what can we do about that? Not not really that much, to be honest. Um, so you know, I'm sure if we were told that um, you know it'd be we'd get a point at St Andrews at the beginning of the season, we we would have taken it. But obviously, because in how well we've done recently and how badly they're playing, then you know, this is a, a bigger disappointment to last week. I'd say. Absolutely, I've got to say yes. Um... Certainly a point I'll be making later. Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yes, thanks for having unfortunately, me. Unfortunately, uh, me and Jill couldn't be there, so <laughs> we're very pleased to have you and obviously our other Alex, which has made this far too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> on, so, no, we appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Cheers. And, uh, enjoy you. the rest of the season. Cheers, thanks. Right, Jill, um, are you okay reading the forward reviews? Because obviously, after all the games, we ask for your forward reviews on Twitter and you get in touch with us and tell us what you thought of the game. They're just down at the bottom of the uh, of the show document, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. I'll read the first one. We've got one from Tom Casewell who says, she said no, Marlon. Well, aptly, she did indeed say no. 
Yeah, and he didn't yeah, like that's... that, did he? Yeah, no, he was a piss chuffed. Yeah, but as he, uh, as he, he's just going to keep getting stick forever, though, isn't he? So, uh, right, Ben Nagel, uh, still right up there. Um, Jay Harding, good away point considering. Ian Groom, hope Mario's okay. Uh, Brad Everett, we threw that away. Mark Wingrove, another two points lost. Ben Wilson, <laughs> surely safe now. Yes. Gaz, two points thrown away. Patrick O'Connor, uh, another important promotion point. Um, so, and there was also yeah. one there from At Change Persona, which was great start, poor finish. Well, Absolutely. yeah, but, I mean, listen, we're 50-50 in the possession. So when, when was the last time, again, we can remember us going to any away game? We didn't do it at, at Peterborough, did we, when we won there? Just, listen, we're scoring goals and... And we're there, aren't we? We're up there. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to stop trying to sound like other teams who think they deserve to be up there. You know, there. But we're up there because we're scoring more goals. And I think I, I can see that he, he's going, he comes across as a. And I said this again before. They score three, we score four. And if that's how it goes, then that's how it goes. So we're going to get two, two draws, three, three draws. You know, I think we'll be up there. Um, are, we, are we top scorers in the division yet? Um, I don't know. We can't be far off it, though. Can't sure. be far off it, yeah. But, uh, but either way, I mean, for me, personally, it was. It, I, I did feel like it was two points lost because, I mean, I got all the updates up until about 2-0 up and I was, stopped looking in. I was told we were cruising. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, we came ploughing down, uh, down to earth with a mighty crash at two all. And I've got to say, I felt that same disappointment as I did at Blackpool. Um, you know, it, to, to me, that felt like a defeat. To them, that was like a massive victory to them, not just on a personal level with the manager situation, but I think they, 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 they knew that, you know, they'd done well to come back into that against a really good team. Um, apparently, we are joint top scorers with Cardiff on 43 goals. Thanks for that, Mikey. They've well, also conceded 28 like us. I tell, can I just say one more thing, John? Listen, I, I don't know who said it. I remember years and years ago hearing, hearing a manager turn around and say that 2-0 is a really dangerous scoreline because if you're 2-0 up and the other team gets a goal, then their tails are up and you are liable to concede. You, you know, we need to be, when we're 2-0 up, we need to be going on and trying to score this third goal. We really need to, I, I, I don't know how you, you know, I know people say when you're 2-0 up, you're cruising. How many teams win 2-0 every week? But we do, we do seem susceptible that when we've when we've conceded a goal that that you know some is a few times now this season well many times now this season that we are going to concede a second you know if we're two one up we're going to concede a second um, you know it happens or well, second and a third against uh, Watford against you know it's a uh, it's, it's a very strange thing to be moaning about being second in the league that's the thing yeah I was just going to say especially. Um, especially being a away game as well, and then when they get their goal, all the momentum switches, doesn't it? And then we bring on a centre half to go in defensive midfield. I think that shows uh, shows our our intentions of trying to hold out, and then the crowd get going, and then we put ourselves under automatic pressure there. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, it's it's an odd one. I I, I do I do remember the same same uh, thing as you, Joe. And you know, it is two is a dangerous scoreline. And as you say, but I mean, under under Dougie Friedman, oftentimes we paid the price for that because we sat back too much. Now, what I had hoped under Ian Holloway, being a more attacking manager personally, is that once we're two 0 up, 
we'd go looking for three, four, and five, which is not what we did under Dougie. Once we hit one nil, you know, we sat back and you know, yep, yeah, let's try and defend this lead. And I think that for me, that's going to be the key to our success. Is we we we're not amazing defensively. We don't have the best defense in the league, but actually, we have one of the best attacks in the league. And um, we really need to play to our strengths. And I think we need to be spending a lot more of the time when we're tuning up, pushing on, trying to just increase that distance between us and the opposition. And I think partly in our, our players' mentality is still, they're still a bit restrained. They still don't want to sort of risk it, risk conceding that first goal because they know then it could be a slippery slope after that. But I think we need to sort of get that out of them and just get an attacking mode of football into them because attack really is where our strength lies. Without, without a doubt. And that, that the thing is, every team now knows, especially after scoring all these goals that we have, that we, we're up there amongst the best. I just, I, I just, it's a great thing to know that, that we will score, you know, that we will score. Um, it's only one game, it's only the Leeds game that we haven't scored in, I think. Is that the whole game? game. In, yeah. In, the whole game was the only game we haven't scored this season. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, how amazing is that? It's a wonderful run, isn't it? I mean, yeah. so we, we can't complain about in, you know, uh, entertainment. I mean, we've had so many goals in our games this season. It's been, exactly. been wonderful to watch either well, way. The other thing as well, I'm not particularly worried who scores the goals. If Murray ends up scoring 60 goals this season and no one else scores a single goal, right? I'm not worried about that because, firstly, it'll mean that everyone's doing something right. All right, because ultimately the people that we we you know we want to score the goals are the, are the forwards. So I just think we we may be a little bit light. I think I think we've two players missing. I think we're an, another centre midfield. Well, and if if he's not going to use O'Keefe um, and another forward, but who can we bring in? Um, you know, who's who's can we bring in from? Uh, our division or maybe, you know, from a higher, from the premiership. Well, that's it. I mean, I think it's Brighton have been linked with um, a loan move for somebody who's linked with us before was Makeda up at Manchester United. I mean, that, you know, I think those are the kind of players that we're going to be looking at. You know, they're going to be, cause, you know, we're in a strong position. We're at the top end of the championship. We're playing good football in a good style. We've got, you know, a, a well-known manager. You know, so I, th- I think all the all the cards are stacked in our favour. I think I don't know in terms of the central midfielder. It, for me, it depends on Johnny Williams. If Johnny Williams is fighting fit enough uh, during January to come back and has you know it beds in properly, I think previously he's tried to come back too soon or just tried to do too much too soon. To be quite honest, then um, you know he could be like a new signing for us, and we all know what incredible talent that young man's got, and he can play anywhere across the midfield. He can play out wide, he can play attacking, and I think he could even play defensive. To be quite you know, honest, you're, you're absolutely. I kind of forgot about him. How about that? We get so busy trying to moan about winning and drawing games, or the way you know, not scoring and and, and this and the other. You've totally forgotten about Williams. I mean. How fantastic is that? So we have probably, the, you know, one of the most, well, I'd say up there, the the best players in this division to come back. And we all seem to have forgot Absolutely. about him. Absolutely. Incredible talent. And it's still relatively undiscovered in our league. So as you say, yeah, brilliant. Hopefully we have him back soon. I mean, ever since that really unfortunate injury away for the Welsh under-21s, he seems to have been hampered by injuries. But uh, yeah, hopefully he'll be, he'll be back firing soon. Alex? 
Uh, I actually think we need more than just a couple of players to be to be brutally honest. If we actually want to challenge and look at Cardiff, their squad, Leicester, all these guys, they'll be fighting fit at the end of the season with you know five strikers or whatever they've got. I'm not saying we need that, but I think when KG's gone in defensive midfield, we're left with Garvin, O'Keefe, and Jedinak. Maybe we could get a short-term loan in, or we look to Boateng, who's who's looked very very good in the under-21 games. Uh, Wingers, we need to put the pressure on Wilf. You know, if Balassi or Wilf get injured, then, then, then who do we bring in? That's the question. Maybe you put Johnny out there, but he's certainly not a winger. And obviously, I think we need a striker. And we can't afford to let anyone go, regardless of who they are. I think we need to keep this squad absolutely tight and together. Unless it's Jermaine Easter, then they shouldn't go. I've got yeah, an I mean, idea who we can bring in on the left, just quickly. Jason Banton. Jason Banton, Sakaja. On a, on a, you know, left well, footy players. Well, Sakaja is definitely a lone front man. Is what he's been playing in the under twenty ones. So I don't know how well that would go um, for him out on the left. But we've got players like Risa Alassani. Remember, we've also got Kyle De Silva, who's been hampered by injury problems. He could also pose that other sort of um, wide man. That's where he's played. So Williams, I think it would be, wouldn't be a bad idea for Williams actually to be put out wide. Um, when he does come back, because I think it's going to be a little less combative and hopefully a little less physical for him so he can get back up to speed. So I, th- I think in terms of the wide play, I think actually we've got at our disposal players who can do that. Say so Jason Bannon, yeah, he just uh, signed his first deal, isn't he, with us um, just this season a few weeks back. He was on trial for a long time with us in the, in the development squad. But I don't know, up front, yeah, Jermaine Easter... I've, I've not made any bones about it. I don't think Jermaine Easter's up to championship football. I really don't. And, um, I'll, yeah, I'll make no apology for that. But I think Aaron Wilbraham could... Uh, I think he's underrated. I think I Aaron think... Wilbraham could do a good job in that sort of Murray role. I think he's going to be not as good as Murray, obviously, because Murray's in amazing form. But I certainly think he should be who we turn to after Glenn. But he's so one-dimensional, though, isn't he? Because, you know, you have you change the long ball when he comes on. And then... What if you? What if he starts and you're one nil down? Do you look what you look to yeah, but that's, happier, or do you? Yeah, but that's what we do anyway. That's what we do anyway. The, 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 because of yeah, but it, it, but it, what's his name's the same, isn't he? Um, Murray's the same. We can we can play the long ball to Murray because he. But we just haven't. What we haven't got is when we play that long ball. We, you're, when you're asking him to nod on or hold it up, you're asking for you're asking for the midfielders to come through and act as forwards. So he can lay him off, but Wilbraham's in massively in the same, you know, as he as he had a run of games to to take uh, advantage of any of these crosses that have been that have been flying in left, right, and centre. Because that's what we weren't doing. Now we are doing. Forwards thrive on crosses, you know, and and that's what we need to do. You keep crossing, keep crossing. You put twenty crosses, and you better score one or two goals. Yeah, and I crosses. I think Aaron Wilbraham's touch is underrated as well. I think, you know, he, he doesn't get a lot of chance to show it because he is quite a big lump, but I think he's actually got a pretty good touch on him. And I, you know what? That's why when Murray was suspended, I was surprised and disappointed that Easter got the nod over Wilbraham because I, I really think that, you know, he could be a really good deputy for, for Glenn. After that, you've got young guys who, you know, who are really hungry to get into that squad. And I so say, again... I think we need to use, we need to look at our strengths and our strength is our academy and we've got really good young players there who who can fill those roles already. I, I, I would hate to see us bring in someone who's going to hamper someone else's development. Well, but, I mean, the but thing- regardless of who you bring in, would, does that not count as hampering anyone's development? 
because if no, we bring it, it, it depends how close someone is to being ready, and that, that's the difference. I mean, you mentioned Berteng. Berteng for me has been fantastic in the um, under twenty ones games this seasons, um, yeah, but really. I don't, th- I don't think he's ready for first team yet. I think I, in two years' time, I reckon he will be. But I don't reckon he is yet. So if you brought in someone, that's why we've got people like Jed Nack and KG now, because they're not hampering his progress, because he's still making progress in the development squad. What about Carter Silva? Do you think he's ready? Because I thought we was brought in far, far, far too early uh, last season. Uh, he just got completely pushed off the ball, didn't he? Well, they were trying to just bring him in, you know, when we didn't, you know, when things were going okay and just get him used to the experience. And yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that happen with maybe a couple of our centre backs, people like Quay Taylor and Ryan Innes and people like that, just to get them used to the, the environment. And we really had to be careful with how we nurture these young guys. And you don't want to stick them in and just rely on them. But I don't know, Cole Silver, he showed enough promise for me. But I mean, unfortunately, he's had injuries since then. But he showed enough promise to me to, you know, to warrant a place in, in you know, around the first team. You talk about centre backs, though, but that's that's unfortunately the one position where you never really see many players being chucked in at the deep end, do you? Because it's arguably the most the most important position on the pitch, isn't it? No, but uh, again, but we've taken that guy from Southampton. I don't understand that. I mean, we had Ryan Innes. He made the bench for us last season, didn't he? Um, when, when you know, under Dougie. And then we bring in this guy from Southampton. It, to be honest, looks rubbish. He just looks dreadful. And um, from what I've seen of Quay Taylor, Quay Taylor, he's, you know, twice the player he is already. Aaron You've Martin to- looked dreadful even in the under-21s fixtures. So... Um, yeah, bizarre. But I no, I I would like to see them particularly Ryan Innes. I think he's just got I think he's got bags of talent, that young man. And yeah, you that's, see that. that's three centre backs here, John. Like you say, the four and a five Taylor who, who plays alongside Taylor in the, the under twenty ones? Um it's, well you've got um Chambers as well. Chambers, yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was quite Taylor. But then like you say you got you got Taylor. You got Alex Winter who can play centre back. Yeah, you got Alex, yes, exactly. You got Alex Winter as well, but then and then we've got Innes. I mean, we we have got our old. You have to be. Is it not the old adage? If you're old enough, you know. If if you're good enough, you're old enough. How do you know? You know, Man United blood all. But Man United blood twenty uh, year olds in the Champions League. Yeah, you know, and so irrespective, no one wants to lose a game. You know, Ferguson don't want to lose a game at home. They, I think they lost their first game at home the other day for ages. But he did put out a load of, you know, a team of, you know, really, really young players, inexperienced players mixed with the experience. When's good enough? Is it just like when you get to a, when you get on a, a small cup run? You know, like we did when when we had. Uh, O'Keefe in the centre midfield, and as soon as we get to a decent stage in the competition, he's, we stick him back, and he's playing rubbish football again. The thing you know? is, Joe, you you see this club. If 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 they're ready, then they'll be in the first team. The people at this club, you know, we're not stupid. We know Garius that will be will be knocking on Holloway's door, telling them if they're ready. And if if they're ready, I think they'll get a chance, and I think they'll get played. Well, I tell you what, I never saw Dougie. Someone can put me right. I went to forty. Uh, 21 games I never saw Dougie there does he have to just rely on someone else telling him you know if he had complete overall uh, uh, running of the club shouldn't he just been uh, have been at every game like like Ferguson is I'm just you know he, he based a lot of his a lot of his um, 
his ideas around him. And, uh, you know, if you, if you read everything that you read in the papers, that they're really good friends. So you're obviously being fellow Scotsmen, they're chatting to each other. He's got to be nicking advice for a guy that's been in the same job for 30 years. You know, it's just... I, I really don't know. Definitely, I, I see stuff that, that I just think, God, you know what? He, he would terrorise championship players, some of our kids. I really do. You know, I just think... That the, what, the, what do they say when all these kids come from? Oh, yeah, he's raw. You know what I mean? You're only raw for a season. You have a great one, then you're in, aren't you? But you've got to give these people a run. Maybe it's just... I don't know. Maybe we should, next time we play in the cup, we should just stick a, a lot of stick around the 21s out there. You know, well, I think there's a lot to be said. Like you know what? They they they've come up against in the in the development Premier League. They've come up against some really good players, and you know what? They've not disgraced themselves at any level. Any of the players we've had out there have all been wonderful. So, and you know, they've come up against players who've gone for a lot of money to these teams. If you look at like Liverpool, we played Chelsea, Man Man City, and you know they they did really well against all of them. So yeah, I agree. If we in the cup, I think we should put out a lot of under twenty ones. But at the same time, you want them to go out with some experience. Players like Aaron Martin and that, you know, who've been there, you can you know show them, you know, what's required at that full full professional level. Anyway, we we can't talk about the academy all night. Well, I'd love to, but we need to have a look forward to Saturday's game, which is obviously at home, back at Sellers Park, and it's against Huddersfield Town. Um, it's gonna it's it's, it's on Sky, so. That's always something. But um, what do you guys reckon that's going to do to the attendance? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going, so it'll be plus one. <laughs> so, so there's at least two of us. That's good. No, I'll, I'll, three. I'll, I'll be there. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. Again, it's, you know, it's, uh, it wasn't, it's, there's cheap tickets. What was it? What, why, yeah, why are all tenor. these £10? Bring a mate yeah. for a Oh, there you go. I think it's going to, you know, we're still second. We're do- we we're going to have going to have a, I think we're have an out, just above average I think fifteen thousand plus um, and on the TV mm. you know just uh, we've got to get on with it and we're not we're not going to be we're not going to be a massive supportive club we're not going to get fifty thousand every week are we we no, just absolutely. stick with what we got we don't want the plastics going down here moaning you know if they go to a game and all of a sudden we lose and everyone's moaning about it you know we just. Just have a normal crowd who are, who are on the Palace roller coaster, and uh, I don't think it's going to hurt it too much. Gives us another chance to get on the, get the fans on the TV and, well, and show the, the rest of the country what we're all about and what we've started, the the, the the fans' revolution of singing, really. Absolutely. So anyway, looking ahead to the game, we're going to welcome back a number of familiar faces when Huddersfield visit. Um, we've got the likes of Alan Lee, who's been in. You know, pressed quite a bit this week um, after an altercation with Alex Bruce. Um, Sean Scannell will be hopefully coming back. I don't know if he's injured at the moment. I noticed he didn't get on the bench for yeah, Huddersfield. Yeah, he's missed either. the last few for Huddersfield. But hopefully he'll come back with the side anyway. And obviously former Loney James Vaughan will be returning. And uh, there'll be no... Well, we, we, know, we know him only too well and he'll be providing much of the threat, I should think, for the Terriers uh, on Saturday. Um, obviously their, their last result was a 2-0 loss away at promotion chasing Hull City um, and they haven't won in six they've had uh, I think two draws and four losses in their last six games so they're going to be looking you know well, they're, they're, hopefully we give them a good old hiding but um, they're going to be looking to turn things around against, uh, against Palace that's for sure uh, at the moment they're what, 29 point, they're on 29 points in 17th place which is a good uh, 13 points and 15 places behind us at the moment. So, um, without a doubt, they are a strong side. They've got a lot of quality players, particularly going forward. 
Um, but for me, this is one that, again, is like the last two games. If we're going to be serious title contenders or promotion contenders, we, we just need to put this, put this game away and get three points. Do you guys reckon? Oh, yeah. Must win. Uh, we need to put on a show before we go away to Cardiff, and that's the big one there. We need to get back in confidence, get get the boys going and I agree if if we if we mean business this year then these are the sides that we've got to we've got to be comfortably with no real you know, ro- no real struggles but we've got to realise that every game in this league is a tough game you look at Peterborough who beat who beat Cardiff this weekend anyone can beat anyone on their day but I'm, I'm expecting us to go out and, and put a good performance on yeah me too I'm expecting us to thump this this, this mob um, three four five now I'm hoping at least well, I mean, that, that, that would certainly be wonderful. Gel, you've got the predictions from everyone else. Does everyone else agree with that, that we're going to give them a good hiding? Uh, Dave Carr says 3-1 Palace. Mar- uh, Murray, Zaha, KG. Alan Duffield says 4-1 uh, to us. Patrick O'Connor says 4-0. Um, Nick says Palace 3, Uddersfield 1. Uh, Alan Lee, own goal. Scannell, own goal. Vaughan, own goal. All Palace secret agents. Um, Nigel Croucher 3-0 to us Ross Phillips 3-1 Palace Aaron Mitchell 2-1 Palace uh, Murray and Balassi and then Stu it's 2-0 Palace hmm, so well a lot, a lot of uh, very optimistic uh, predictions there you know what I think this could be one of those games where we could really give someone a hiding you know up there like, an, like we did against Ipswich Town I, I don't see any reason why particularly defensively I don't think they're that strong I think going forward is really their strength, but their defensive form is just so bad right now. So, so it's just a case of the usual thing at Palace. However many you score, we'll score more. Well, I don't think so. I think we should be looking to try and... I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet. I've got to say, I still reckon James Vaughan is going to score against us because he's a former player coming back to haunt his old side. Um, I don't think Alan Lee will because he doesn't seem to start very many games, to be quite honest. Um, even Jermaine Beckford can't, he's only on the bench he can't even make the start in 11 at the moment but I do think that there's certainly scope there if we're on our game and I think we will be we'll have the sky cameras and you know all, all the hubbub that surrounds Palace on a you know on a televised match and I think the, the players will go out there and give us good performance and I think we could put four, five maybe more past this Huddersfield side having said that we shouldn't get complacent and you know certainly we're going to have the, the first goal it's going to be uh, when and how that comes is going to be a really big influence on how the game goes. So, have you guys got any predictions? I think it's going to be. I might sound negative, but I think we're going to get a one-one draw. I think that I think we'll play well, but I, <coughs> I can't see us putting away enough chances. Me personally, but it's winnable. You know, if everyone in our team turns up and and plays to their ability then we'll wipe this side off the floor but we need to keep our heads down and keep going and keep marching on interesting one all so uh Joe, do you agree disagree well no three four five i'll go for the middle i'll go four nil um and i don't fancy that any of our ex-players are going to come back and haunt us because i think our defense is a little you know a little bit wiser um and they're only lightweight anyway so um so you yeah, go four I'll, go, nil. I'll go four nil Right, well, I'm going to go. Hmm, I can work out. I'm going to go for three-one to Palace. I think I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, but because I because I do think James Vaughan will score. But I reckon I reckon Murray is going to score two, and the other one, 
Yannick Balassi. So, uh, yeah, there we are. So we're approaching the end of the show now, guys. I'd like to say thank you very much to you guys. Next week, we have a, we're going to record a very special Christmas show live from Selhurst Park. Well, live in the sense that we'll be there. Um, and we will have some guests on the show, including one certain Steve Parrish, hopefully, amongst others. So uh, that'll be certainly one to tune in for next week, and you'll be able to find uh, a plethora of information all over homesdale.net, Twitter, and our Facebook page. So, Joe Hollyoak, thank you very much for your insights today. Thanks, John. And Alex White, thank you very much with uh, Alex Pench for getting us through the match review. <laughs> no worries, mate. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, and do join us next week. <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.